this is just a smidge more with Brandy Henson. I'm Holly Stillings, and this is Everything You Want to Know Without an Appointment. This is a weekly podcast where medical profession and real life collide. Thanks, everybody, for joining us for another episode of Just a Smidge More. Today, we have Melody Workman here. Hi, Melody. Hi. Hi, Brandy. Hi. Brandy's here, too, as always. (laughs) I'm always here. Melody is a spiritual advisor and motivational speaker. She is the executive creative director of Sandals Church. Um, Oh, my gosh. What this woman does is crazy. Hmm, Thanks. Truly. It's busy. It's busy. (laughs) She's it's, amazing. It she is. makes it look easy. I know, right? Mm-hmm. It's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> That's what all women do, though. We all make it look easy. We try. Yeah. It's hard. <laughs> it's hard. So your guys' relationship is pretty special. Mm-hmm. And I'm... I was like, man, that's really nice. Brandy, you have this confidant that you get in your life. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you know, Melody just makes sense of things for me. Mm. Yeah, you really do. Like, I'm pretty, I've told you this before, like, I think sometimes whatever I'm struggling with or going through, like, I think God sends messages directly through you. Because I'm like, there's no way you could have known that. Hmm. Well, Brandy helps me with my skin. I help her with her soul. That's kind of, that's, <laughs> that's a great that's our relationship. Because <laughs> both our skin and our soul always need care. It's true. Yes. It's a yes. never ending job. It's a never ending job. It is. Yeah. It's yeah. true. Last time Melody was here, I tried to get her to poke me with a needle. She said she'd rather speak at my funeral. <laughs> I mean, it would be easier for me to do that than to do whatever she was trying to get me to do. Yeah, that's a hard no. Yeah, that's a hard no. Yep. No. I know my lane. Yes. Needles is not my lane. She knows this too. It will be someday. <laughs> Just not yet. No. The one thing I love about getting to know you a little bit, Melody, is that you are coming up in a world, and I have to give Sandals Church a huge prop for this because really showing women um, in being a pastor and speaking to a congregation, a huge congregation. Mm. And I, you know, growing up, I can say I never saw that in our church. I went to like an old school Methodist church. Now I go to Calvary up in Yucaipa. And when I met you and I saw all the things that were happening and so I was like, that is really awesome. Mm. I mean, it's a whole new world. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's important because in the world that we live in, we're trying to bring a message of hope. I mean, who doesn't need that? Right. And it's weird to see how we resonate with different people, different styles. Um, You know, you can have a speaker who's funny and makes a lot of jokes. You can have a speaker who's more quiet and more chill. And everybody sort of reacts differently to those people. So the more people we can empower to to bring a message of hope, just knowing that this style is going to reach this kind of person, this style is going to reach this kind of person, we're going to reach more people. And, And so I do love that Sandals has... Um, is really kind of what I would say doing a great job of empowering people who can teach to reach lots of different kinds of people. Even when my kids come home from church, you know, they have their favorites. Who, yeah, who, you know, and mine that's, too. That's okay. Yeah. Um, but it's important because if it's the same person all the time, then we may not be reaching as many people as we could. So I think it's important. That's awesome. Yeah. Do you ever get nervous? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I tell I tell my kids, my daughter sings. Um, my son is starting an internship, and I said to be nervous is to be normal. Uh-huh. Um, if you're not nervous when you get up in front of a bunch of people, 
probably that's not normal, I would Mm -hmm. say. But there's also something beautiful about doing what you know that you're gifted to do yeah, and what God's created you to do. God's created all of us to do something. So when you start to actually do that and you live that out, there is something that feels really empowering about that too. That's really cool. And when we were having you on, we're like, wow, we could talk about with like millions of things with Melody. Like there's so much going on and we know how many people that you help and what you deal with. And, um, and it's just such an interesting topic. And we were talking about, you know, um, just women in the workplace and raising our girls. We all have girls and, um, they're all in this tween, like teenage, you know, very confusing place. Mm -hmm. And, Gosh, it really takes a lot of energy and thought and probably a lot, not to say anything bad about our parental guidance, but I don't know. I kind of feel like our generation is, it's, it's taking mental health and thinking more. And I think our kids are a little bit more attuned with their own mental health. They know words like boundaries and, um, and you know, talking about your feelings. Yeah. And I don't really know if people really went over that with us when we were kids. Oh. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't, I don't think so. Miss that, that I missed that part. Session. <laughs> I was there just not paying attention, yeah, probably. Yeah, and I mean, they say, like, people do the best they can with the information that they have, yeah. right? So yeah. now with TikTok and everything that we see on social media, the women today and girls, there's a lot of perfectionism and you have to be smart and you have to be perfect and athletic and and do all the things to make everyone happy. Yep. So I know you have a daughter. Yeah, I do. How old is she? She just turned 16. Is she Ooh. driving? No. no. Thank God. Here's, here's my <laughs> philosophy on driving. I know you better than the state of California does. Uh-huh. Yes. I see how you make decisions. I see how you think. I see how you process information and how quickly you can process information. So you will begin to drive when I feel confident in your ability to do those things well. And since the state of California has no idea how you can do with those things, um, they won't determine that for you. We will. And she's 100% fine with that. Yeah, that's like, amazing. Yeah, she's like, I don't I don't need to be behind the wheel of a death machine. I'm like, accurate. You yeah, don't. Right. Yeah, Not absolutely. Yet. And a every kid machine. is so different. Every kid is so different. Yeah. She's dramatic as yeah. well. <laughs> no. <laughs> a girl, a teenage girl dramatic? That's yeah. crazy. Staring at Harper and, you know. <laughs> I tell she that is a that is a code word a trigger word for her dramatic. So I I because she'll listen to this. What I mean is, um, she feels her feelings uh-huh. very strongly, and she moves on from them very quickly. Oh, that's so good. She doesn't yeah. tend to stay in one place very long, but whatever place she's in, she is in it wholeheartedly and completely. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. I have a daughter read too. Um, she's thirteen and. Lately, I've been hearing, no, no, no. It's like, do you want to do this? No. Do I want to? No, no. So today I was just driving, picking her up from gymnastics. I'm like, I'm like, you're saying no a lot. And she's like, I know. I'm okay. I was like, oh, (laughs) that's weird. That's a whole new thing. Like you can just say no to everything, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I feel like in our generation, we kind of felt like we had to say yes to everything, right? Yeah. We didn't have a say in much of what we did. So it's really interesting going into like, what are we expecting of our girls? And like in, in the church and the youth group and everything, what do you say to young girls that come in like with, you know, these daily little problems or not little big problems? Like what? Yeah. It's hard. It's, it is hard. And I'm in the thick of it. I mean, she's 16, but um, I actually think these conversations are better started with the moms. 
of the moms that are raising the girls. Mm -hmm. Because I think what we have to be real about is they are watching what we do way more than they're listening to what we say, which we know we feel unheard all the time. You know, I tell my kids, trigger me, but don't dismiss me. Like Mm -hmm. that's when I feel triggered. So they're watching what we do way more than what we say. And so um, for, for me and Addison, like a long time ago, probably when she was about six, I started using this phrase with her, which was don't give your power away. And I meant that with friendships. I meant that with future I love relationships. That. That's so good. Um, you you don't have give your power. Don't away. give your power away. Damn. And girls all throughout their life are giving their power away constantly to the cute boy, to the popular girl, Absolutely. To, to the sport, to whatever. They're mm-hmm. giving it away. And what I mean by that is when you give someone your power, you give them ultimately the power to hurt and even destroy you. But if you don't give it away, then they don't have the power to, to do that to you. You possess that power. And so sometimes, you know, when she would start to go over this way, I'd say you need to take your power back. You gave your power away. You you gave that friendship, you gave that person way too much power. You need to you need to bring that back. And all along the way, what I've watched her do is I've watched her make way better decisions, even with friendships than I made at her mm-hmm. age, mm-hmm. because that, that was how I learned. I gave my power away, then I would be crushed and then I couldn't recover. And it's so much harder today because when we were growing up, if you had a bad day at school with your friends, you went home, you didn't think about it till the next morning. Mm-hmm. Like you had dinner, you would do whatever. But now with social media, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's a 20, it's 24 yeah. seven. It's in front of them. They can't detach like we were able to. It's, it's ongoing in their mind all the time. So they're, they're constantly having people pick and pull and trigger and, and ask and demand. And so they, we need to teach them this at a young age. Don't, don't give your power away. Know your worth, make choices based on what's true about who you are, not what someone else says about you. And that's how you maintain your power. And it's not to raise egotistical, maniacal, I'm the queen of the world type of girls as much as it's to raise confident girls. And there's a big difference between confidence and arrogance. Mm-hmm. And Huge. You, you can see. Yeah. So we're not talking about arrogance, but a girl that's confident is just a girl that knows her worth. And she can look at a situation, a person and go... I'm not going to give my power away to that person. And Mm -hmm. this becomes crucial that you do it at a young age because then when they get to the age where they start dating, you know, and the first cute boy comes along and says whatever so that they can do whatever. If she's already learned this lesson, like I'm going to maintain my power in this relationship, it can keep her from making lots of bad choices that she'll regret one day. Yeah. I love that so much. Mm -hmm. I feel like I've heard this from you oh, before, yeah. for me, I mean, like you, you have, we've talked about yeah. it before. And is I, I'm literally obsessed with yes, this conversation it's right so now. Good. It's so good. Well, it's important. And it's affecting me actually. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm I feeling it. I'm like, how many times have I given my power away? Hold on. Yeah. Uh, uh, me too. A million. Yeah. Oh yeah. And here's what I tell Addie too. If you can figure this out at 16, you won't be figuring it out when you're 36, 46. Yeah, that's true. Absolutely. You know, we're surrounded 100%. by women who haven't figured this out yet. And so I'm trying to get her to start doing it now. Yeah. Um, and I counsel like 20 girls in their 20-somethings. I mentor them. And I'm having the same conversations with them because we we know that the baggage that we we bring into our teens and our early 20s, that doesn't disappear when you get no. older. No. You don't, that doesn't evaporate in your 30s. No. It comes in crushing or you. Or your 40s. <laughs> or yeah. your 40s. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's it's worth the work now to to start doing it. Yeah. And and at our age, you're worth the work of undoing. Yes. 
and, yeah. and untangling from old bad habits of your past. Well, and that's what I realized too. Like I, you know, I always tell Rita, it's like, you know, it's a mistake. It's okay. You don't have to be perfect. People make mistakes and I'm going to make mistakes. Your dad has made mistakes. Jack's going to make, everyone's going to make mistakes and it's okay. Yeah. You, you, yeah. you don't want to be perfect. No. Being yeah. perfect would suck. Yeah. You know, it just would. <laughs> would it? I don't know. <laughs> I knew you were good. Well, there's no, there's nobody that's ever going to be perfect. I knew you were going to say that. You know, yeah. <laughs> But I mean, it sucks and it's boring. So why would you want to do that? Right? Well, and the truth is, if we all went around the table and said, tell me about a time in your life where you learned the most, it's going to be from a mistake that you made. Absolutely. That is a hundred percent true. Yeah. It's going to be a regret that, that you have. That is so true. It's not right. like, well, when I was, when I won the spelling bee, what I learned <laughs> yeah. was, yeah. no, it's going to be when I failed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I failed miserably because when you fail, you, when you fall, when you mess up, you are confronted with your humanity and yes. your fragility. Yes. None of us like to admit that we're fragile, but we all are. So when you have to get real about it. hmm then you're like, okay, this is who I really am. There's hope for me, but this facade of being, you know, the best or being perfect, it's a myth and I can stop chasing it. Yeah. I'm fragile and I'm a human. I'm going to get it wrong. There's grace for that and there's forgiveness for that. And I'm going to, I'm going to grow from this and I'm going to get better because of this. You know what? Just drop, drop the mic on the floor. <laughs> We're done. <laughs> no, I want her to keep going. I love like, this. I'm literally spellbound. <laughs> what are you going to say next? It's amazing. You see why I love her so much? I know. Can you live with me? <laughs> Please. I literally wish sometimes. I am so fragile. I, just, I would just like to say. Right. I'm so fragile. Me too. Me too. I'm basically a newborn baby. <laughs> I am. I'm not joking. I'm going backwards. <laughs> and I'm okay with it. That is, that is amazing. Mm. And so the other thing that we wanted to talk about is like, you know, getting upset with your mistakes and also like praise perseverance. I mean, this is one thing that I think I, I don't want to talk about my daughter too much because she'll probably get mad at me, but I'll, I'll say a little bit because I can only speak from experience. But lately I feel like praising perseverance is like one thing that I'm trying to focus on the most mm. because it's so hard sometimes to just keep going, keep going, like really hard, slow, like grind, yeah. you mm-hmm. know, like grit, grind it out. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard. It sucks. Yeah. Perseverance isn't sexy. And, you know, <laughs> I, I will real. say That's not the to name of this podcast, yeah. <laughs> not to be sexist either. Cause my son is like, you know, he goes to these really hard swim practices and he's like, I don't want to go today. It's raining. It's this, it's that. I don't, it's like, just embrace the suck. Just yeah. do it. Yeah. Like do it, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And then we were actually hiking in Mammoth this last weekend it poured hail on us and my skinny little son is like in a little shirt and like shorts and the hail's coming down. I was like, Jack, are you okay? We told him to wear a jacket. He's not going to do it, but okay. So just do it, do it your way. So we're walking and he's like, I'm just, I'm going to, I'm just pretending I'm a Navy SEAL. I'm a Navy SEAL. And I was like, okay, good, good for, for him. you. Good I know. for him. That's embracing perseverance. Embracing yeah. the suck, right? Yeah. Wow. I mean, that's what the Marines say. So, I mean, for him and Reed and I'm sure everyone who's listening out there, we're trying to do better. We're trying to learn. We're trying to be good parents. And I think that praising times when they're at their peaks, like you won this medal, your team came in first place, you're getting the baseball rings, you're getting the grades. It's like, that's great and all, but 
perseverance when things really suck yeah. is very hard for humans. Oh my it gosh. Is. And yeah. as we get older, what I see is like there are humans who have been able to persevere mm-hmm. long periods of very hard times. Yep. And they can come out of it. Sometimes they don't. Who knows? But for the most part, I feel like with young women, that is one thing that, you know, I think we should focus on long term. And I don't know. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, no, I agree. I think, you know, one thing that we try to do with our girls is don't give up when things get hard because they will. And I thought I was the only parent on this planet that has to like drag their kid to every practice. Like, I don't want to go. I don't want to do this. It sucks. When two weeks ago you were begging me to do it. Mm -hmm. So I just tell them like, you can't quit when things get hard. Like you can't. And I like Trav and I try to show them like, you know, we're not perfect people. We're not perfect parents. Our marriage isn't perfect, but you know, I want them to see us working through things, working through difficulties that even when things get hard, we don't give up. Mm -hmm. Right. So, and I, you know, cause it's hard, especially with Kennedy's age, it's, you know, she doesn't like something, so she'll avoid it. And Harper, she'll go straight head first into it. (laughs) So it's, you know, it it could go both ways. I don't want Harper going, you know, head first into something and quitting because it's hard or, Kennedy avoiding things because it's hard. But yeah. I don't, uh, yeah. it's interesting because my son, my oldest son, is going to be 20 in November, which just feels. You don't look crazy enough. to have a well, 20 year old, by the way. Because I'm a part of reverse gravity <laughs> <laughs> aesthetics. Throw that plug in there. Plug, plug, plug. <laughs> but we just, actually, just this morning, my husband texted him, and then I, I, like sort of hopped in because he's in this new season of life where he's just working a Mm -hmm. lot and he's not winning an award for getting up and going to work. We don't win awards, but that is, that is showing us his character. He doesn't have to work right now. He still lives at home, but he's working and he's getting up early and he's setting an alarm and he's taking, he's asking for more hours because he's trying to save money. That, that is indicative of his character And I think as parents, when our kids are little, we should always cheer on their accomplishments, but we really need to cheer on their character. Mm -hmm. You know, when your kid wins the swim meet, that's amazing. You're such a great swimmer. But is is he a jerk? Like, you know, is he nasty at school? Like their character matters so much because their character is what is creating perseverance. Absolutely. And grit and heart and determination. And I think what's hard about the world we live in our culture is a lot of the people, especially in the sports world, and even in, you know, Hollywood, they've, they have all these accomplishments and their character sucks. And our kids mm-hmm. look at them and like, aren't they amazing? And we want to say, no, mm-hmm. they're rich, but they're not amazing. Right. Yeah. I wouldn't want you to turn out like that person. And so along the way, I think it's important for, for our kids. Like I, I'll never forget. Um, I got a note from Addie's teacher when she was probably 10 or 11. She was, she struggled in math so bad. She, every math class, she would go to the bathroom <laughs> and I wanted to say her teacher, like, are I you not I picking up on too. this? <laughs> <laughs> or the nurse's office. I'm like, yeah. she's not sick. She just doesn't like math. Right. So she was struggling I, with math. Her yeah. grades were in the tank with math. But I get this note from her teacher that told me that at lunch, there was a new kid sitting by herself. Mm-hmm. And Addison went over and said, I'll sit with you and invited her to the table. And I threw her like a mini party at the yeah. house. Because, yeah. I, you know, math is hard. But what she 
demonstrated is she's kind. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's her character. Mm -hmm. And so we we just need to do a good job as parents of recognizing when our kids demonstrate great character and making a bigger deal out of that than you got straight A's. That's great too. But who are they becoming while they're achieving? That's the question to be asking. Yeah. That's really good. Absolutely. And uh, also try to figure out what kids like and what their passion is. Like, you know, and like you said, Brandy, sometimes they're like, well, I want to do this. Well, I want to do that. You know, like two weeks ago, Jack wanted to be in the band. And I was like, where did that come from? Like, (laughs) we've always been very sports oriented. And I was like, I think I want to be in the band. And Reed's like, you don't want to be in the band. I was like, well, maybe he does want to be in the band. So who knows? It's hard to know. We want to find these interests that are not interests that are, you know, on their device, on their phone, or, you you know, trying to find these little nuggets in life that they could grab onto and have. And it's really like a therapeutic thing for them to have a passion that they're just so Mm -hmm. strong about. Um, It's interesting because like my daughter, she loves gymnastics. Like she literally would live at the gym if we let her Mm. and it it, honestly we go there and I'm like this looks terrible like I would never want to do this ever like well we're too old to bend that way well I mean (laughs) I can't do it number one but I mean I'm just like you're there for four hours and it is so hard and on your body and your mind and it's just like but the girls that are there they love it I mean and it's just like these things like my husband he loves skiing Mm. he would rather ski than do anything in the whole world Mm. and he is the most patient skier do you remember when I was learning how to ski he's his best self when he is skiing (laughs) so let's just say that I love him but (laughs) when you want to bring up something important we do it we do it on the ski slopes you know what I mean it's a tactic so <laughs> maybe don't do it on the lift because then you're stuck well, it doesn't matter the minute we enter the parking lot he's a new person he's a new he loves yeah. it you know just no, calms that's... his soul calms his central nervous system and Travis is going to make fun of me for saying that he's going to say you need to go lay in the grass it's true because Brand- Travis always makes fun of me because I say you need to calm your central nervous system but it's true and being outside and being indoors you yeah. know passion is so connected to purpose mm-hmm. it is you know and so we shouldn't go, oh, that's interesting. I mean, you know, my daughter is a singer-songwriter, and she's just writing song after song after song, and she's so passionate about it. And there's, and yet there's purpose in that, too. And it is great when they're young to help them find, what, what are you passionate about? And then start like, hey, you could, you could do this. Like there, mm-hmm. this is, a, this is a way that you could bring good to the world by pursuing this passion and filling them with, and filling them with purpose. Um, you know, and I, I really like what you just said there, because I feel like our society right now is very much like, okay, well you can play a sport, but like, are you on a traveling team? And then like, what level are you and how many medals have you won? And are, are they going to go to college for that? Right. I mean, holy crap, there is so much pressure on these kids. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. Well, and I have to, you know, when my kids were in sports, both my boys played football. I played sports. My daughter's not into sports at all. So I just had to let that dream die early on. But um, when she played soccer, she was like, oh, no, you can have the ball. I'm like, (laughs) Um, she's kind. I'm like, that's not how this works. But um, the parents on the sideline who are yelling and screaming like their kid's going to be the next prodigy, you sort of want to go. Sweet, sweet calm sis. down calm, calm down, down. Mm-hmm. Like, just sip your starbucks and relax mm-hmm. <laughs> this is this is not you know because you know we take it seriously and we want them to win and i was competitive and my friends on the sideline would tell you that i would lose my mind you know plenty of times you don't sound competitive at all <laughs> no not at all listen i 
I, I used to tell the coach, if my boys aren't helping you win, I'll take them out of the game. Like, I'm not here for you guys to frolic on the field. We can do that for free at home. You need to win. The two sides of melody. Yeah. Oh, right? super competitive. Super, super competitive. At the same time, my boys played well, but like, I didn't like, they weren't like headed to the NFL. Like, yeah. I was reasonable with like yeah. what this was going to be. Reasonable yield. expectations. Yes. yes. Yeah. And so there is a point in which I think we, we all need to sort of take a deep breath with these little kids who are pursuing things mm-hmm. and, and do let them have fun, but recognize that these sports are really about developing their character. Yeah, yeah. I really like what you said about purpose, that this, if you're going to do this, you could do this for something good, whether it's you're going to coach when you're Absolutely. like a lot of our teenage um, friends that are our, our friends, kids that are in high school now, now they're going back and like, they're going to work at their dance studio or they're going to, mm-hmm. you know, even my daughter Rita's like, oh, some of the girls are coming back and they're working. I love it that it's not, everyone needs money. Money's important and we all need it and we all need to figure out how to make it and keep it and all that stuff. So I'm not going to, I'm not like blowing through the importance of that, but it is a great way to present it as purpose. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's, it's phenomenal. I love that. Addison's a singer songwriter. She leads worship at church, but this year she's going to be mentoring a younger teenager who's starting to sing. And so she sings and she leads, Mm -hmm. but she's going to be helping this girl, like coaching her, who's super nervous, who's a lot younger, who Mm -hmm. hasn't been on the stage as much. So that's a way that Addison continues to grow in her passion, but also the purpose. And I mean, people did that for her. People Mm -hmm. were helping her. And now she's going to turn around and do that for a younger person. And so that's the passion, purpose, connection that we want to help make for our kids so that they start to think, I was created to do something. Like I was created to bring some sort of good into the world. Yes. And I could do that through gymnastics. Of course you can. I could mm-hmm. do that through swim. Of mm-hmm. course. Mm-hmm. Like you can do that through through anything really. Um, and it's good at a young age to, to even start speaking purpose over their lives. You were created for something. God made you, like I tell my son, God made you a good artist. I can't draw anything, but my son can sketch. I'm like, there's there's something in that for you that you could use for good yeah. and to bring good into the world. And so it's so good that we speak purpose over them so that when they're going through their insecure stages, which we should talk a lot more about insecurity, yeah. oh my gosh. Um, they're reminded, they yeah. hear that voice in their head yeah. of being reminded, I have purpose. I was created for something. I was yeah. created to do something good. Yeah. I see that a lot this year with Kennedy. And I, I don't remember girls being so mean. Oh God, Maybe they so were mean. and we were just oblivious. I don't know. But like I always tell Kennedy, you know, and I mean, she goes to a private school. It's small. The group of friends is small. And she does have a good group of friends. But sometimes some of her friends will say things and I'm like, that is not something that a real friend would say or do to you. Mm. And she's so afraid to speak up that I'm like, you never want to be that friend. You want to be the best friend that you can be. And I've always told my girls since they were little, the one person sitting on the bench alone, that's the person you need to go find and be friends with them. Like they're the ones that need it the most. And so, you know, it's not about being popular. It's not about being this. It's about being a good human being, Mm -hmm. not being, not being an asshole really. (laughs) True. Am I allowed to say Keeping that? Keeping it real. Keeping it real. <laughs> it's I your love podcast. Melody. You can how say anything often, you want. How often do you tell Addie? So, so Melody is amazing, but I always know when something is coming, when I get a text back that says, you know, I love you, friend. <laughs> 
And I'm like, Uh-oh. oh crap, Here I'm in trouble. Because <laughs> then you see the typing going, you're like, oh no, what's she gonna say? Then I like, you know, shut it off, and I don't want to look because I dear know- Lord, make me a bird so I can fly <laughs> far, far away. But I know what she is gonna say is coming 100 percent from love, but it is tough, and you do not veer away from that. Like no. you are not afraid of confrontation <laughs> at all. But I know what you say is the truth, and yeah. I know it's what I need to hear. But there's not a lot of people who are real friends like that. Yes. I have, I mean, I think, I mean, Holly's, you know, you've, Uh oh, what are you <laughs> you're not say afraid to me? speak truth in my life either. But no, like you need friends like that. Yeah. You don't want friends who are going to agree with you all the time to be your friend or whatever. You need people who speak real truth in, but I love it. I know when I get that now, I'm like, what did I do? <laughs> well, Lisa Bevere, well-known women speaker, author, anything she's written, Go read it. She's amazing. What's the name again? Lisa Bevere. Okay. Talk about someone who's not afraid to like tell it to you like it is. She said something a couple years ago. I was like, oh my gosh. She said, um, not telling the truth is not love. Yeah. It's not kind. It is, it is not kind and it is not loving to not tell someone the truth. I'm like, I mean, that's, it shouldn't be rocket science, but it almost feels like it is. But think about how we think about this. Um, a few, a few weeks ago, I was visiting one of our campuses and, um, it, it goes right up against the four lane highway. And there's a young dad out there whose daughter had had enough of God that morning. (laughs) She was (laughs) wanting to be outside Mm -hmm. and she's like three and he keeps trying to hold her and she keeps trying to get down and run next to this four lane highway. That's like, they're zipping by 50, 60 miles an hour. And so he he keeps like picking her up and she's like ah, screaming. She's so mad at him, but he's not letting her down because why? Because if he lets her down, she in her, you know, in her three-year-old brain cannot comprehend the danger that's in the street next to her. But he, in his, in his wisdom as her dad understands that it'll destroy her. Like it would kill her. Like, you know, she just mm-hmm. jets out into the road. She's done. And so it's silly, but in a lot of ways, um, even when we talk about boundaries and we talk about guidance, giving your kids guardrails, speaking the truth to someone in love is keeping them from destruction. It's keeping them from danger. Um, the other day, my daughter was telling me that in text with her friends, talking about, you know, one of her friends and this guy and he likes her and all this stuff. And they just know things about him that are like not good. Mm-hmm. And the one friend said, I just think you should follow your heart. And I'm like, that's the dumbest advice <laughs> they we <have> ever give. <laughs> think about your heart. Think about some of the decisions you've made when you were mm-hmm. following your heart. What you need to do is you need to follow wisdom. Right. And you need to find people who are wise, who aren't afraid to mm-hmm. tell you the truth, even when you don't like it. Because why? Because they are about you being protected. And they care about you being safe. And we would rather tell people what makes us feel popular and makes us feel included, rather than hard truth that might keep us on the outs, but is actually better for them in the long run. So in that same way that that dad was protecting his daughter from destruction, there are times where you can look at a friend's life and go, that is not good for you. I love you enough to tell that to you. And if it puts our friendship at risk, I'm even willing to go there because I love you more than the state of our friendship. Mm -hmm. And if our friendship dies, but you keep living, that's a win. Yeah. It would break my heart, but that's a bigger win is for you it's to go true. on and be successful rather than guard our friendship and not go into it territories yeah. where we shouldn't. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think we've all been there in our life. Yeah. It's, it's wild. Yeah, it is. Um, and I think that what I really love uh, going back to 
taking your power back, um, talking about, you know, Kennedy and mm-hmm. school and sometimes how mean girls can be. Mm-hmm. And I, I really love, I wish I had you in my life, Melody, like four years ago, because my daughter went through a situation at school, same thing. Oh, I remember And I that. really didn't yeah. know how, you know, I'm Googling it and all those other things. And it's a, it, you know, it's like a little, I don't want to say the word bully. I don't even know if you're allowed to say that word anymore. It's like, but. Mean girls. We all know what's going on, <laughs> yeah. right? But you got to teach them to be tough too, or else they're going to get walked on. Oh, yeah. And it's like, gosh, you want to use this wording and they're like, how's the right way to to communicate this to this young, sweet soul. And you just don't know what to do. I know. And I love that phrase, don't give your power away. Like some things when I hear them, they will hit me and I will use that phrase. I'll be using that phrase for the next 20 years. Oh, me too. No, We're I really will. I really this. will. And yeah. I, cause I feel like it really encompasses everything you need to know in life, especially as a woman. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I'm going to be using it for everything good. when yeah. they need to eat their vegetables. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, good luck with that one. I know, no, no. But I, I, I'm just really moved by that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's a big one. Mm-hmm. You know, all these authors have these different phrases that they use and it becomes their catchphrase. And Melody, that's going to be All right, that'll be now. the title of my book. Don't get yeah, it. I'm serious. <laughs> I really think you should write a book. I do oh. too. I do. I do too. Um, you know, my problem is I'm so impatient that to sit down and write. My, I do. I, I go to therapy, which I highly recommend. Oh, it's amazing. And um, <laughs> she got me journaling last year. And I was like, no. And so our next session, she's like, did you start journaling? I'm like, no. And then finally, I'm like, okay. And now I am just, I'm journaling like three or four times a week. And it actually has been one of the best practices. For really? Because it makes me slow down. Yeah. I mean, putting pen to paper now. And like you can only write of. so fast. Yes. <laughs> like you, you have, you have to, to go down. slow. Do you journal, Brandon? I do. Yes. I started in the last year. Okay. Mm-hmm. How many times a week do you do it? Maybe once. Okay. If I'm being real. <laughs> I mean, I, I would like to do it more because it does. It It is, there is something about sitting down and like you said, pen to paper, writing out how you feel. Um, I need to make more time for it. I just, I, there's no excuse. I'm not even going to try Well, to getting to know yourself is a very unique experience. Oh, for sure. And I don't really think it, ha- like, how old are you, Melody? I know this I'm is- I'm going to be 45 in September. Okay, amazing. well, you do look amazing, but I think in your Thank 40s, you, <laughs> you really, I don't know, you change. Things oh, change. Yes. I mean, you're completely different than your 30s. And I'm sure when you're in your 50s, I hear the 50s are the best. Well, like, heard- I hear that it's just kind of like, I mean, I 40s have been good. Mm-hmm. Like 40s are I feel I feel good in my 40s. Yeah. I didn't like my early 40s, but I'm liking my late 40s. Yeah. I'm just trying to take every day. <laughs> Some Same. days I'm like, I love it here. Other days I'm like, can we go backwards? Yeah. You know, yeah. it, it depends. It, it really does. But getting to know yourself too, and like how you were raised and how your parents spoke to you and, um, you know, every, your environment and what type of kid were you? Yeah. And yeah. then it really shows up in your, in your, in your adulthood. Oh, yeah. yes, it does. Oh, yes, it does. <laughs> oh, yes, it does. <laughs> Cosine. Right. (laughs) So, and anyways, so I, there's just so much information. There's so many podcasts, there's audibles. There's so many delivery devices for information right now that it is, whether you are a reader, not a reader, whatever, you can get this information. And I really feel like people are turned on, Mm. like they are really turned on by 
And I think our kids will be even even more turned on than we are. Yeah. They're oh, smart. Yeah. Well, the thing with, there's so much information out there. And what I'm trying to do with myself and trying to teach my kids, because, you know, our kids have access to more information yeah. than we ever had access to. My kids are like, what was an encyclopedia? I'm like, <laughs> oh, so yeah. This, this guy would come to our door. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? With the whole, with the whole like, set. Like, yeah, now you, it's a decoration. Yeah. Now it's like, it's chat, GBT, write my yeah, paper. It's an antique. <laughs> They're um, all in the house in the mammoth we, the ha- mammoth house we stayed in last oh, really? Remember all the encyclopedias? Oh, no, in that's there? hilarious. Oh, it was bad. Yeah. You know what we should do? We should put some encyclopedias in the waiting room yeah. just to see what Are people would do. Are you trying to get rid of all like, of our patients? No, and do like a little video and see what people do. Like they'd be like sitting there. Like a hidden like, camp. Oh, okay, here's the Chanel book. So and funny. this is the encyclopedia. <laughs> That's so funny. That would be so entertaining. <laughs> well, the thing about information is it's it can be like this unending quest for more. And I'm trying to, myself, move away from information saturation to information activation. So I can be saturated with information that paralyzes me now. And she knows I do this with medical stuff. (laughs) I have a a freckle that's now I have this and I have this and I might as well die. Oh, well, you're in good company because we're all like that. All three of us. So information. Yeah. Versus activation so I can learn something that's good, that's healthy, that's good for me to do, and I can move in that direction rather than be paralyzed by the yeah. amount of information that's mm-hmm. out there. Yeah. Um, and it can actually make us more lazy um, because we don't have to try as hard. We don't have to look as hard. So it's it's important that we're challenging ourselves. As I'm learning, I'm growing. I'm not just learning and getting stale. I'm, I'm getting better. I'm getting stronger right. mentally, emotionally, mm-hmm. spiritually, physically. Yeah. Well, in, a, in our brain patterns too, you know, we're all so programmed to certain situations, how to handle them or, you know, and like uh, the thing that gives me a little bit of solace now is that you can make mistakes. Like you're not just going to get this information, read this book, have this therapy session, um, listen to this podcast, and you're just going to be on the straight and narrow for the rest of your life. Right. Like, absolutely. Right. It's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. But to know that, you know, hey, okay, well, uh, you know, I did this or not to say that, you know, you just get to be a jerk all the time, but there are it instilled patterns in us that we have from childhood. Yeah. And now we're trying to instill things in our girls and our boys and um, and just learn from our mistakes yep. and how do we do that? And church is a great way to go. And if you're not someone who goes to church, it's therapy or it's yeah. podcasts or books or any any mm-hmm. yeah. delivery device that you need that's out there. Yep, for yeah. sure. And, I'll, you know, another thing that I've been reading is show your love, which certain people, that's really easy to do. You know, I'm a lover. I'm always hugging, kissing my kids. Like, they're mm-hmm. so sick of me. Like, <laughs> you know, but... Other people, it's really hard. Yeah. It's hard for them sometimes to even just say, I love you. Yeah. Like, you know, and and we're, we struggle with, certain, everyone struggles with different things in life, with different parenting styles. So um, that's another big thing is to, you know, to show your love to your child, to your spouse and, and how it seems like it would be so easy, but sometimes it's so hard. Love is directly connected to gratitude. Like you're hugging your kids because you're grateful that you have kids. You know, you show love to your husband because you're grateful. But um, unexpressed gratitude is the same as ingratitude. A person doesn't know that you're grateful for them unless you tell them. Yes. So if you're like, well, in my heart, 
they don't know that. And so part of why journaling has been so good for me is I journal about what I'm grateful for because that helps me. It helps rekindle love in yeah. my heart yes. for my spouse, for my kids, for my friends, yeah. um, for God, for what I have. And if we aren't expressing gratitude, um, people in our lives are wondering what they mean to us. Mm-hmm. What value do I bring to your life because you don't tell me? Right. So it is so important that we have regular rhythms of expressing gratitude because gratitude and love, like I said, they're directly connected to each other. And it's not enough to go, well, I feel grateful in my heart. Who knows that? Who knows that besides you? Yeah. So when you when you're when you're grateful, when you're feeling love, like I love that phrase, show your love, um, show your gratitude. Mm-hmm. Hey, and it can be for the small things. You know, just the other day we were working on something around the house, and um, I love having um, the string lights up in my backyard. It's like my favorite thing because I, I love, love being those out there. Too. Mm-hmm. And we went away for a couple of days, and they fell, and no one knows how they fell. Wait, how long have they been up in your backyard? Oh, over a year. Ours have fallen too multiple okay. times over the past 10 years and they've broken and my husband's had to restring yeah. them. But she's, she thinks something else happened well, to these Well, I just said to my husband, what do you think happened? He's like, oh, I think someone, but whatever. But he had set aside time to sort of take a day off, relax, whatever. But he went outside and messed with those lights for forever. Because he, he knew how, how important it was yes, to you. Yes, to me. So that shows you. Shows love. Mm-hmm. So then I showed my gratitude. Like, he was going to get an extra kiss that night. <laughs> Maybe more. <laughs> Maybe more. And I was like, thank you so much You're for very grateful. your time. <laughs> I have a list of more things you could do that I could show you my gratitude. Right. Those are going to get checked <laughs> off real fast after this podcast. <laughs> so it's just, it's important. People it in your is. life are wondering what they mean to you. And the only way you're going to be able to to show it is by telling them. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so it doesn't cost anything. Right. It's the freest, but it's the most effective way yeah. to let people know that you love them. And it's, I think people like to know where they stand. At least I do. I, I don't like conflict or confrontation, but I like to know I where I stand. But I don't know. But if I don't I'm put, know about so you. I'm the type of person where um, I'm like so nice until I'm not, and then it's not good. <laughs> and I, but, and I'm learning too. Like yeah. I've made a lot of mistakes, you know, in my life where, you know, I just blow and then I'm like, and it's not good for me either, yeah. you know? So I, I don't like conflict. I don't like to tell people bad news. I don't, yeah. you know, that's just who I am, you know? But, Let me say something about conflict. But I'm conflict. learning. I'm yeah. learning and I'm trying to say what I feel, even if it's negative or, or not. hard. Or hard. And, mm-hmm. and it's hard, but it's also very refreshing. Yeah. And not but, everybody gets your time or needs to be a part of your life. And that's okay. I don't think anyone healthy likes conflict. Like, if you care about people, you don't like conflict. Mm-hmm. I think unhealthy people like conflict. Yeah. Like, you know, if you watch Yellowstone, like Beth Dutton on Yellowstone. <laughs> Beth like, loves conflict. She liked a lot She's of conflict. She's not healthy, yeah. you know? She so likes she, a lot of things. She likes a lot of conflict. <laughs> she lights things up. She, yeah. you know. But but when you recognize that conflict is necessary, you don't like it, but you don't shy away from it either. Mm-hmm. You don't walk in a room looking for a confrontation if you're a healthy person. You want there to be peace. You want there yeah. to be love. You want there to be harmony, uh, harmony, <laughs> harmony, unity. But when you recognize, ooh, this is bad. Right. Ooh, this is dangerous. This isn't going to be good for you. Then you go, okay, I'm going to risk conflict for your health. I'm going to risk conflict or confrontation. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to do the hard thing because it's the right thing. Mm -hmm. And that's difficult, but healthy people, I think recognize that. And like you said, when I get to that point, I'm willing to go there. That means you love hard. 
that means you care a lot. You want what's best for your people. Like you're going to the mattresses. Yeah. Like the God and the Godfather. <laughs> because it's just like, you're going to blow, you know, but yeah. we're all trying new things, trying to learn new things about ourselves. And I will say, I think I'm better with my kids. I think I'm better like, okay, like I, I, I don't really yell a lot, but I'm, I give them a look or I have, I say something and they're like, oh crap, Mm -hmm. it's done. Yeah. And then I just, and then I'm done. Like, I'm like, no, Mm -hmm. like there's no more BS going on. This is it. Mm -hmm. Like, I know you're taking advantage of me. (laughs) You're done. (laughs) You're done. That ends right now. And and they know it right away. Like, it's crazy. Like they're these little people, but then they're just like, okay, well, we're done. There's no more (laughs) foolishness going on. Tomfoolery going on. (laughs) Tomfoolery. We're going to pause right here and we'll be back next week with part two.